Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. You know what this is by now. If you've been listening to these podcast episodes, you know that this is essentially a self-help resource for people with herpes. Everything's donation-based, whatever you can give. If you found value in any of the episodes or the resources that you found through Something Positive for Positive People, please consider making a donation. Um, I'm very much 100% fully invested in making something positive for positive people, something that people can take seriously, something that break into the world of STD prevention um, and sex education, because there's so much here that we're accumulating from people's experiences that can be very useful to the sex education that people receive early on prior to engaging in sexual activity. This episode is for men. If you are not a man, if you do not identify as a man, you have been warned. I know that everybody's going to probably still listen because they still want to hear what I got to say, especially um, with this particular topic. But uh, I am speaking to men in this podcast episode. You have been warned. I don't want to hear no I don't want to hear no no shit. Like if you got issues with what it is that I'm saying in this podcast episode, you can keep it to yourself. Uh, this is probably the only time I'll say that because it's very important to me that I be as real and raw and honest um, as I can possibly be from my own experience, the experiences of men that I've spoken to. And I really don't want to have to filter myself for this and sound politically correct. I've done that shit in 300-ish podcast episodes. I can have a few episodes uh, where I don't do that necessarily. So I don't know how many episodes this is going to take for me to get the overall message that I want to get across. But I do want to highlight avoidance. I want to highlight emotional intelligence. I want to talk about uh, emotional availability or unavailability. I want to talk about what it means to be of value. And I also want to talk about the importance of being a man and what that really means and what that means to me uh, so that y'all understand that y'all's presence here is necessary. I did a survey and the survey in 2021 had 1,149 people taken. Of that, I think about 15% were men and the rest were women. Um, And I believe trans non-binary people uh, made up a very, very small percentage of that as well. But my point here is highlighting the fact that all these people ain't giving herpes to themselves. All of these people are not the only ones who need access to resources. And I get it, you know, for what it is that I'm doing, the message that I'm relaying. I hope that you are someone who can come here, get this message and then leave. But I really want and believe, I really believe that every man who comes through here is probably not finding what they've been looking for and maybe just decided, oh, what I need ain't here. Let me go and get up out of here and go on about my business. And that ain't the case. And I had this experience where I made a friend. Um, I was seeking out men's groups on Meetup when uh, I first got to Portland, Oregon. And I ended up connecting with a younger guy. He's about 26 years old. And he and I uh, met up. Uh, We got lunch. And then we met up again. We went out. And I think it was the third time that we went out. He, he started following me on social media. So he saw the kind of stuff that I post. And um, 
he asked me something about it was some sort of relationship advice. It had something to do with uh, dating women. And uh, he said something to me. I don't remember what it was, but I replied in a way that he was he was surprised by how I replied to him. And his surprise came from a place of seeing that I post a lot of um, L- LGBT issues, sex positivity, and um, speaking to a lot of the sex education components, things like gender, things um, in relation to uh, feminism, I guess you could say, and really him having this idea that maybe I wasn't a safe person for him to be a man around. And that that was generally what I got out of how he responded to whatever my reaction was. I was like, why? yeah, like, why wouldn't I? say this thing, whatever it was that I said, and I can't remember, it was so long ago, and I've been trying to put this podcast episode together for probably months now at this point, because I know how important it is that I inspire men's voices in this space as well. I've had men come on, and they've done the episode, and then they've asked me to remove the episode. I've spoken to men who have really struggled with um, being able to articulate their emotions, and once we together are able to get them out there. It's so uncomfortable. It's really raw and unfamiliar that it's something that I think that we tend to run away from. And fortunately for me, uh, I've been able to work through the discomfort of saying certain things out loud that I might have not necessarily been able to put words to and really be able to not only have the emotion, but feel the emotion, which is oftentimes, I I think what a lot of men do is avoid feeling the emotion. And that that's not nearly as helpful as just going through feeling it when it comes up, giving yourself a little bit of time to feel it, even if it's just briefly, right? Yes, there is the fear of once we have an emotional reaction, that maybe the floodgates open and then that shit never stops and we just we just lose it. Right. That's a real fear. So therefore, we need to be able to get to a point where we can get better at that, understanding what that feeling is and then taking the energy behind it and then applying it to whatever it is that has meaning in our lives. That's what we really got to learn how to do. And so closing out the conversation uh, or my reason for having a conversation with uh, the guy that I was just mentioning was because it made me realize that, damn, you know, maybe I am so connecting with and communicating for women that men aren't necessarily feeling seen in my experiences or safe in my experiences to be able to to engage with me, to have a real conversation with me and talk about the issues that they have in dating or to even uh, carry on some type of an ongoing friendship with me. And because of that challenge, because of that struggle, uh, I've been more aware of that lately. And one, uh, two instances, actually, that really inspired me to really go deep into making this particular podcast episode series has been one black man that I met. I met him in New York, man, and we were at a herpes support group meeting and everybody was kind of going around introducing themselves telling their story and it was all good and i had met him before i don't want to like say his name and if he's listening to this like i want you to know you inspired this you and um another podcast guest that i had have inspired me being pushed over the edge to really speak in this way because of how necessary it is but i remember the first time we met 
he mentioned that he knows he's unattractive. He's accepted that. He's like, oh, yeah, I didn't already accepted that. And I decided to not date. I chose to not date. These were his words. And when I heard that, you know, I heard it for what it was. But underneath that, there was kind of like this. There's always an undercurrent of emotion behind people's words. And what I picked up from that was if I was more attractive, I'd date again. If I felt like I was more attractive, I'd date again. I'd be dating again if I were validated in my attractiveness. And we constantly validate our own identities with the behaviors that we display. And when I first started this podcast, I, I thought that suicide ideation had something to do with a loss of control. But what I've learned over time is that it's really about identity invalidation. When one uh, when someone who they think they are is not who others think they are and they're constantly reminded that they aren't who they think they are, that is identity invalidation. And one of the coping strategies for that, I am not a licensed psychologist or therapist. I'm just telling you what I've seen. One of the consistent coping strategies for such a thing is to shift your, uh, like, I, be I believe that our beliefs translate into thoughts, translate into feelings, translate into actions and behaviors. All right. And I believe we can challenge our belief systems with behavior change. So that whole cycle that I just gave you from belief to thought to feeling to action can be reversed and have a same impact. So if you change your behaviors, you start to change how you feel. You start to change how you think and you start to restructure what your beliefs are with your actions. And so I feel like what he did was instead of fighting and resisting the idea that he's unattractive, I think that he decided to just lean into that and say, you know what? I'm unattractive. And it wasn't from a place of acceptance, though. It was from a place of uh, feeling a sense of empowerment with choice, choosing to be unattractive, choosing to uh, or making the illusion of choice and choosing to say, I choose this, right? So on one hand, this can be a way of empowering um, and, and challenging your own beliefs, which is, oh, I'm not going to keep lying to myself about being attractive. But then on the other hand, what I saw in that was a submission to an untrue reality, right? It's, it's, it's a cop out and it's lazy to me. It's, it's genuinely, it's genuinely lazy for me to hear someone go, I'm unattractive and you know, I'm going to just choose to believe that rather than making yourself challenge that system of beliefs with your own behavior. Everybody can do something to make themselves more attractive. I genuinely believe that. And as someone who's worked in the fitness field, I've seen this shit happen. I've seen people change how they eat. I've seen people uh, push themselves a little bit harder to move their body and make consistent lifestyle changes with consistency. The consistency piece is a bitch. It's hard, but you got to fucking do it, man. You have to do that shit. If you are unhappy with where you are and you have the ability to change a thing, you have to change that thing. And the, the reason that I'm getting so fired up and passionate about this right now is because uh, I, I, I mentioned to y'all something positive for positive people started because people with herpes wanted to kill themselves. And the second time that I met this person, um, he reiterated that he is chosen not to date, which I still believe is bullshit. It's not a choice. It's a submission to the, the laziness of what has to be that choice. Right. 
Uh, but he also mentioned, he said the only reason that he was still here was because he made a promise to his best friend that he wouldn't kill himself. And that infuriated me in the moment, as it always does when people talk about suicide. This is probably something I don't publicly broadcast, but I get fucking furious to hear people who the the odds of being born between abortions, between miscarriages, between periods, between birth control, between condoms, between masturbation, between the unalignment of the, the where the woman is with her menstrual cycle, with the health of the man and the ability to reproduce and all the sperm cells that connect to that particular egg or that don't connect to that particular egg, all the nuts that have gone in socks, tissues, toilets, mouths, assholes, to want to undo that process, it fucking infuriates me. My mom threatened suicide. My sister threatened suicide. I have a relative who killed herself. Uh, not, not blood relative, but someone that I consider to be family. I had a high school teammate kill himself. And I've heard other people. I had an ex-girlfriend. She tried to kill herself uh, in the bathtub. And fortunately, whatever my spider sense was that went off, I was able to call whatever hotline it was. I didn't know her address, but they were able to fucking find her in the process and save her life. She's gone on. This was probably 13, 14 years ago. And now she's got a family. She's living life and all because she made it through that. And we had a conversation recently uh, and she she's doing well. You know, she apologized for how she was treating people around that time. And so for me, like seeing both sides of the spectrum between people having these suicidal thoughts actually going fucking through with it and then hearing people say I would kill myself because of this fucking stupid ass herpes diagnosis that I have gotten so much from because of how I've chosen to reshape my beliefs about this diagnosis my behaviors have directly fucking impacted what I believe to be true about this virus when I was first diagnosed I wanted a cure I didn't want this shit don't nobody want this shit when they get it I got it and I don't want this shit and over the years, I've had to have that battle of choice on whether or not or how I was going to decide how to move forward with this shit. Initially, I am so grateful that suicide doesn't cross my mind. And perhaps that's because of the early experiences that I've had with my own relatives, with the people around me, with uh, people that I've seen go through with and kill themselves. And like, I see enough people take other people's lives. Why the fuck would I want to take mine? Like, why would I want to take anybody else's? Why would we want to do that? And I understand, you know, different people are in different stages or wherever they are. But you got to you got to accept if I got to accept that you might be dealing with that. You got to accept the fact that suicide ideation pisses me off. And as a man, it is my responsibility to use that pissed off energy in a very productive manner. And that has developed into what is something positive for positive people. This is one expression of Courtney Warren Brain, uh, the, the, fir the first of his name, House. <laughs> I was about to try and make a Game of Thrones joke, but that might go over some people's head. But this is what I do with that anger. When I had herpes, I was fucking embarrassed. When I got my diagnosis, I was fucking embarrassed. And I'm saying fucking a lot to emphasize with a word because you can't see the passion in my face. You can't see that my fucking eyes are watering right now. That my the there's this radiation of heat coming from my central nervous system along like 
across my shoulders and my back. Like you don't see this. So I have to use my words as best I can to articulate, you know, not just what I'm saying, but the emotional undercurrent of what I'm saying. Like this right now, what's coming up is because I'm angry. This is the anger that is being focused here because I don't see men showing up. There is such a need for a masculine presence in this space for men to come out and say, these are my experiences. This is what I need so that I can deliver. I have delivered for the last six years for women. It's been super useful. It's been super helpful. Men have come and spoken to me periodically here and there. I have a little bit of experiences to pull from there. But it's the ones that I don't hear from now that I'm most worried about because the few that I hear from have these experiences, this extreme sense of suicide ideation, devaluing of self. And if you're not conscious with what you do with your anger and your emotions and whatever else is underlying what it is that you say to yourself, what you believe about yourself and your actions and behaviors, what's going to happen is those are going to be self-destructive or possibly even other destructive ways of expressing themselves. And I don't want to fucking see that. I don't want people to have to experience that. If my role in this world is to make it a better place through herpes and through herpes stigma, then so be it. Like I'll direct my anger towards that. I have this outlet for it. People always tell me like, oh my God, you're so calm. You're so kind. Yes, I am because I have my fucking outlet for my fury. This is where that comes out. And while it may be me listening, I think it might have crept out in uh, one of the episodes I had with a guy who talked about himself, you know, just in a, in a negative way. And that, that pisses me off because it kind of goes down that path of suicide ideation. It goes down that path of depression. And again, do you know the odds of being born? You know, there are people who are, I saw, I saw this dude playing VR, getting a workout in with no legs. He had a fucking VR on. He was telling you, hey, y'all, you can stay fit. You can get in shape. It's as easy as this. And he's doing the punching motions. He was fit. And I was so happy when I read the comments. There was nothing but encouragement and positivity for that. That man was born, maybe went through, maybe he was born without legs. Maybe he had a tragedy that made him lose his legs. But that man didn't kill himself. You telling me you get some bumps on your dick and you ready to you ready to just jump off a bridge? You ready to put a gun in your mouth? You ready to eat some fucking swallow pills, cut yourself? Come on. Life is not supposed to be easy. Life is supposed to be about suffering. When you identify where this suffering is, you got to backtrack that shit. Trace that shit back. When you get a herpes diagnosis, ask yourself how you feel. And if you don't know how you feel, ask yourself the last time you felt like you didn't know how you felt. Ask yourself the first time that you can recall not knowing how you felt. And when you have those three experiences between your herpes diagnosis, the first most recent time that you can think about how when you felt what you feel. And then the first time you felt that you have three situations that you can look at and you can go, damn, OK, between that and this and this, I think that I was unsure of how I felt. And with the situations, you at least have something that you can take to somebody and get help processing that shit. If you are incapable of processing it on your own to identify what that pattern is, that pattern is going to tell you what this thing is bringing up for you and what you really need to deal with in your life. I say this shit all the time for me. Herpes was my avoidance of rejection. I would avoid rejection at all costs to the point where I would only date women who shot their shot with me first. You can't reject me if I don't approach you. 
You can't reject me if I don't ask you for anything. And this goes back into my own hyper independence to the point where even my father, he didn't know I needed anything. My dad was around. I saw my dad on weekends. Sometimes I go over there during the week. He always lived pretty close to my mom. So getting over there wasn't an issue. And when I approached my dad at 32, 33 years old about him not giving him not giving me what I needed, he was like, damn, son, you never asked for anything. And it blew my fucking mind because all this time, you know, I'm thinking, oh, you're supposed to give me what I need, but I'm supposed to ask for what I need. That's one instance. Another would be uh, in, in the dating world, you know. I would argue that something positive for positive people manifested itself through me as a trauma response. Like I am very much emotionally available and invested in something positive for positive people because I was emotionally available and accessible and intuitive to my mom's needs as I grew up. Like from childhood to now, I am very fucking emotionally aware, intelligent. And available to what I choose to be emotionally available for. I make jokes about not being emotionally available. I make jokes about loving emotionally unavailable women and going after them. But the reality is it, it, it's, it's not been that. It, it's not been that. And this is where I would normally cut this bitch off and start over. Because I said a lot of things that were really good. But at the same time, this being where I'd stumble through or fuck up, it's probably because I'm about to say something that needs to be said, but I don't want to say it for some reason. Or I'm going to have to fumble through it because I'm saying it out loud for the first time. But um, the the way that this is manifested, it's almost like amplified that belief that I have about myself for not being someone who approaches women. Like now I don't have to. So it went from, damn, I got herpes. So now... I'm not going to date anymore because that would have been a belief. It would have been the hard belief in the beginning of, fuck, I'm diagnosed with herpes. All right, I'm going to choose to get in front of this thing and I'm just not going to date anymore. What kind of bullshit is that? Right? Like, I could have done that, but instead what I did was I didn't put myself out there. I stumbled into situations where someone would initiate and then I'd have to just tell them, hey, I got herpes. This is a situation and stumbling through that the way that I did, I ended up in some relationships. I ended up having some sexual partners. I ended up in some uh, situationships, whatever you want to call them. But the avoidance of rejection is probably what even got me in the situation of having herpes in the first place, because it wasn't me going after a woman who I knew that I wanted. It was me essentially taking whatever I could get prior to my diagnosis. And even after my diagnosis, probably been the same thing. Haven't been in therapy for three years and I haven't been back since uh, December. It's March now. I haven't gone back to therapy because I recognized that there was a little bit of a dependence for me. Like on one hand, yeah, I want to be able to pay him his full rate, but I cannot. I can't pay him his full rate, just being completely honest. But I, there was there were moments where I would go, hmm, I can't wait to talk about this in therapy and therapy being six days. So the six days that I'm waiting on therapy to come, I'm not processing what happened. I'm not implementing a new behavior. I'm not implementing uh, some sort of a, a strategy to deal with it. I'm not communicating with the person that made me feel a certain way uh, to let them know, hey, you made me feel this. This is how you made me feel. This is what I'm going to do from it. I'm going to set this boundary. You can either honor it or we're going to have to part ways. 
I've been practicing that. I've been practicing that uh, for the last three months, and it's hard. It's really, really difficult. And when I get done, I, I have my moments where I feel great about myself. I set a boundary with, uh, there was this company I was supposed to do a talk for. I'm not going to go into too many details about it, but I wasn't happy with their communication. I wasn't happy with what their ask of me was. And then coming to the point where, you know, the event was about to start that day, I hit them up and I said, hey, I'm unhappy with the communication here. I'm very disappointed. I don't like how this was said, this was said, and this was said. And these are three things that are inconsistent and contradict one another. I turned down money. I mean, it wasn't going to be much, but I turned down the opportunity to speak and add that to my resume. I turned down money for something positive for positive people. And when I did that, it was uncomfortable as fuck. But what if I would have been like, oh, I'm a process this in therapy and I went through with the event and I would have gotten my money. I would have done this thing only to find out later that it was out of integrity and I would have felt like shit for having done it in the first place. Can't do that. I can't do that. No. And going back to because I don't think I close this out, but going back to the uh, avoidance of rejection thing like that was my battle with my herpes diagnosis. When I look at the first time I experienced this, this embarrassment uh, or I'm sorry, having my diagnosis and feeling embarrassed because I didn't want to be the dude that was giving people herpes made me think back to another time where uh, there was just like an embarrassment. And it would probably be after having sex with somebody that I wasn't really proud of myself to be having sex with. If it was somebody who maybe wasn't as attractive as I would have liked or if it wasn't somebody attractive by the standards of myself, like if we didn't match each other, if we didn't go together. And then I look at the first time that I might have been embarrassed. The first time I might have been embarrassed was the girl that I did like that I approached and tried to get with probably just dissed me and turned me down. So we've got embarrassment linked to my avoidance of rejection. So moving forward, it just became, all right, I ain't never getting rejected again. And I've been facing that shit lately. Like I shot, I shot my shot this weekend. It was it this weekend. Yeah. Over this weekend, you know, um, I hit her up was like, yo, this is what I'm feeling. She was like, oh, well, I'm, I was thinking friends. Like, what are you thinking? I was like, well, I'm thinking more than friends. I'm thinking friends and dot, dot, dot. And, uh, the way that the conversation ended, she was just like, oh, you know, I'm real flattered, but I'm not in the place for that right now. So she let me down real easy. And, I am so much more proud of myself for not just avoiding that conversation and taking myself into a friend relationship that I have no desire to be in. That that felt really good to me, despite having experienced rejection for it. And it didn't have anything to do with herpes. Right. And I think that we put so much of our emphasis on our herpes diagnosis that we don't even look at what that shit represents and then deal with that. Because when you deal with that, the herpes diagnosis becomes completely fucking irrelevant as shared in this experience that I just told you about. The second thing or the second person that really inspired me to go through this was a recent podcast guest I had on. It's a um, He's a male. Uh, they are a male. I don't remember if his pronouns were he or they, um, but I, no, we, we talked. We did talk about that. He, him and his experience. He talked about on a podcast. He was very real. He was very raw. And he shared the episode on his social media feed. And one of his good girlfriends had reached out to him and was like, hey, like, 
you the way that you're talking is disgusting uh you're such an incel she was just like shit talking him and down talking him and I happen to have reached out to him not too long after this because someone reached out to me about that episode because she was like, wow, what he's sharing about this girl sounds exactly like me. I listened to his podcast episode and I got up off my ass and I took a shower for the first time in days. And I was like, yo, do you mind me sharing that with him? Would you actually I would like for you to tell him. So I connected them. Uh, She told him. Uh, her story and how it inspired her. And then he reached out to me with screenshots from this person because he said he was going to reach out to me and he was considering having me take the podcast episode down because of this criticism that he received from this woman after him being raw and real about his own experience. And even that, reading that shit infuriated me because on one hand, it's like, you know, women ask us to be more more emotionally expressive and share our feelings, tell our stories, what's going on in our minds. And then here we have a man who fucking does that, a young man at that. I think he might have been uh, 23. He's around 23 years old, somewhere between 22 and 25. Um, he, He did that. And this is what he was met with. He was met with being called a fucking incel. For those who don't know, it's an involuntary celibate, which would essentially be like the first guy that I explained to you who said that he's not dating, who said that he's uh, unattractive and like opting out of dating entirely, not because they're not good at it, but not but because they don't want to do what it takes in order to get better. This is how I receive the the word incel. And I think that the reason it pissed me off so much is because I see so much of myself in both of these individuals. And I see so many other men who see, who um, uh, I see so much of them in other men as well, because there's no there's not much of a roadmap for them. Like, yeah, I'm speaking to women, but as a man, you know, you come on this podcast and you listen, you're like, oh, you know, the experience is completely different. The experience is completely different, but there are similarities there. And I think that the similarities are absolutely worth exploring. But uh, one thing that I did get out of therapy was how I myself have not been vulnerable. I have been vulnerable behind the guise of something positive for positive people. This has been safe for me because who is going to come after? I'm a black dude with herpes. When people found out Usher got herpes, they let his ass have it. Like whenever those allegations were out, they let him have it. Anytime a celebrity or somebody has herpes, they let them have it. When a black person is accused of having herpes or whatever, they let his ass have it. Who the fuck in their right mind is going to come after me for I get diagnosed with herpes and then I make a nonprofit podcast where um, I do this for people who wanted to kill themselves. You make fun of me. You a fucking dick. You're an asshole. You ain't shit. And you should be ran, gone through the ringer because of that. That's what should happen. And so I have developed this immunity to criticism, so to speak, for being a black man who is openly being vulnerable and talking about my experience with herpes. And it's seen as like herpes is a vulnerable thing. What I'm doing is a vulnerable thing, but what I'm doing is not actually vulnerable. What I'm doing now might be vulnerable because I'm speaking to my anger in regards to suicide. I'm speaking to men. I'm speaking about seeing myself in these men and talking about my my own real experience with this shit and what had to happen in order for me to get to this point, to this place where I'm at now. And like the the girl who called this man an incel, like. He said, that's what broke him. 
because of what that's associated with. There's a lot of stigma stereotypes with the kind of person who is an incel, that they hate women and all that kind of shit. He was speaking objectively about what he observed in his own experience in hindsight. Why would that make him someone who hates women or who talks bad about women or any of that shit? Because that's not the case. He's speaking about his experience. You're going you're gonna, to like shit on somebody for sharing their experience. I genuinely believe we should not be judged by our actions. We need to be judged by the consequences of our actions. How am I responding to the consequences of said action? Right. If I do something and I get away with it and I get away with it and I get away with it and I get away with it. If you think about people who uh, let, let's because this is top of mind right now, abusers, people who are abusers, whatever that may look like, physical, emotional, mental, financial people who are abusers. They are enabled by people around them to continue to do it. There are various reasons why people who abuse get away with it and why the people who are abused allow themselves to be abused. And there's this there's definitely a sense of uh, there's a reciprocity there. There's a trade off. We ain't going to keep giving away shit when we're not getting something back in return that we want or need, even if that's just the presence of a person who might be an abuser. That person is being judged on being an abuser. When you call them out as an abuser, right, or you ask for accountability or you demand accountability or you catch them and you're like, yo, this ain't right. What you doing right now? This ain't cool. You need to stop. If their response is, damn, you know, I never really thought about it that way. Here I was like she stuck around and she kept giving me her money. So I thought that this was fine. Like people don't have their eyes open if there's nobody there to open their eyes. And when you do address some shit like that and you see that person's response, it's like, oh, I genuinely didn't know that that's what was going on. Like you, a person might say that and not mean it don't even matter. But the fact that they now have had it brought to their attention, what are they going to do? That thing is what you need to base your opinion on them off of. So are they going to stop abusing? Are they going to have a conversation like, hey, you know, I, someone pointed out to me that, you know, you pay for everything. You give me money on a regular basis and you don't say anything to me about it. Like, what is that? Oh, well, I just really like having you around. I love you here. And I feel like if I stop giving you money, then you're just not going to like me anymore. And that you'll leave. Oh, damn, baby. Well, you know what? I, I, this ain't about your money. Like, this ain't got nothing to do with your money. Here's how I feel, blah, blah, blah. Relationship changes. And now that person that you might have thought wasn't shit, was a piece of shit, had no regard for other people, has had the opportunity to go and, like, figure out from the source of the abuse, so to speak, and be like, hey, here's what I'm seeing. Someone pointed this out. Like, what's up? All right. Now, what's happening moving forward? Are we consciously going to continue the same thing? Because somebody like being in a relationship and paying for everything, same thing. Being in a relationship where somebody's just constantly giving you money can be perceived as something completely different. Perception is reality. Perception is our individual reality. So when we look at that situation, we may say somebody, oh, that's an abuser. No, fuck them. That person's terrible. Don't ever do anything with them. Why not? Hey. You're an abuser or we've seen abusive behavior. Uh, can you talk about that? And you may be bringing this to light to them for the first time. I'll use myself as an example here. There was somebody who accused me of 
uh, and I'm not going to say names. I, I just don't fuck with this person anymore. If you've been following me for a while, you recognize that me and this person, I have no connection to this person. But um, I was called, uh, what was the word? Uh, a, a perpetrator of sexual misconduct by someone I had never fucking met before. And this was infuriating because we had only communicated and worked together on social media digital campaigns. And so this person goes and they post in a prevalent um, group. And I just so happened to find out because some people know who I am and they wanted to see how I would respond to this. Otherwise, I'd have never known that this was out here about me. Uh, There was talks about me... um, Taking advantage of impoverished, not impoverished, of marginalized women uh, and pursuing sexual relationships under the guise of an open relationship behind my then girlfriend at the time's back. And I would have not ever known this. I would have never been able to defend myself if I didn't have somebody do to me what I'm suggesting that we do for the world, which is present it and then be like, hey, what's your response going to be to this? So having seen that, I was able to say, yo, I've never met this lady in my fucking life. We've worked together on social media campaigns. We've never been in person because the comments, especially on social media, over time, they begin to evolve. It goes from uh, sexual misconduct, which is anything from, hey, person, I like your hair today, to full-blown beating the shit out of somebody and raping them. That is the spectrum of sexual misconduct. There is not like a, this person made me uncomfortable with this thing that they said, and there wasn't even any context there. So I responded with the objective truth, which was I've never met this person. I've not talked to this person in this long. I don't know what the, I don't know what this situation is. My podcast, I talk about having been non-monogamous. I talked about where I was in my relationship with my partner. I've even had my partner on the podcast. My partner at the time knew what I was talking about on the podcast. So it was just like this person was able to blatantly lie about me and have me set up to be uh, an abuser of power. Uh, someone who was a sexual uh, misconduct perpetuator, perpetrator or whatever. And for all those people to have seen that, only a few were willing to reach out to me and ask me about that and hear my opinion and see how I was going to respond to it. And I pursued legal action, but unfortunately I can't do anything until it impacts my income. So if it doesn't impact my income, I can't do anything. But to see that there was a response, there was an action that was taken as a result of being accused of this particular type of behavior, I am now, I was then able to now be judged accordingly Uh, with whatever details people choose to believe and then my response to these particular allegations, right? So with that said, like we have got to be able to do that. So to call this man an incel for having shared his experience versus seeing how he chose to handle his experience by sharing it on the Something Positive for Positive People platform and being able to use his experience to hopefully help somebody, this hurt him. And the way that it hurt him was it had him second guessing himself and it had him ready to ask me to remove the podcast episode. He said like that hearing from that woman, like it it made things better. It made things better for him. Hearing from the woman who uh, said that his story helped her. And there's always going to be this balancing act of uh, the positive and the negative. And we've really got to allow ourselves to experience both ends of that. 
We got to be willing to experience it because we can take the reward, but we the reward won't be what it is without the risk. He really was risking his emotional self. Like he put it out there, y'all, on this podcast episode. He put his experience out there. He didn't know this was going to help anybody. I don't fucking know if it's going to help anybody, but I know that. I have to be consistent in this because as I'm consistent, people are always getting diagnosed with herpes. People are always uh, reaching out at some point and they're just happy that this platform, this this thing exists and they get something out of it. I know that to be true. I know that to be consistent, but I don't always know if this is helping somebody. But I'm being very intentional here, especially to speak on behalf of these two men who I know um, whose, whose stories have inspired me to do so and inspired me to be open about my experiences. Like, I can't tell you how many times, like, I wished I was getting some pussy, but just wasn't. And it wasn't because I was incapable of it. It was because I wouldn't do the hard thing. The hard thing would be to go up against my, my trauma, trauma response of, oh, well, I'm going to avoid rejection by not approaching or not initiating any type of relationship. I had to bust through that shit, man. And it's hard. Like it is a very hard thing to do to not only identify it, but I'm the kind of person who, when I see the problem, I have to fix the problem. I can't just see it and unsee it anymore. I have to address that issue. I still have issues with initiating relationships. I still have issues with initiating and uh, approaching uh, a woman that I might be interested in and initiating that whole dialogue and trying to get into a dating situation, a relationship or a, a sex situation, whatever that may be. I still struggle with that. 10 years into my herpes status, six years into running this podcast and uh, f- five, hold on, how many years? 2019, 20, 21, 22, 20. Is this four years? This will be the fourth year that I've been running the nonprofit, something positive for positive people, that it had not 501c3 status. Like all that's happened for me is that I have gotten more comfortable hearing people's experiences, telling people's stories, and speaking from my own experience. And doing so has made me more attractive. I see myself as more attractive. People see me as more attractive. And for a really long time, that has not been the case. I've been someone who has really struggled with that because of not wanting to do this hard thing. I wanted to just subscribe to being lazy. Like, oh, I got herpes. Ain't nobody going to want to have sex with me. Ain't nobody going to want to be with me. You know how fucking lazy that is? Like, as men, we are not, we can't be lazy. We cannot be lazy. The lazier we are, you know, these, the things that women want from us are some aspect of motivation, some aspect of restraint, discipline. They want to see that, that fucking, that, that, that monster in us. And if we ain't doing something to unleash that monster in us, we ain't putting ourselves out there. We can't just be at home doing what we want to do. We got to do a lot of shit that we don't want to do. We got to do a lot of shit that just has to be done out of a sense of necessity, out of a sense of duty. We got to get up and go to work every day so that we can keep that roof over our head, so that we can eat, so that we can have internet, so you can listen to this podcast, so you can watch your porn or whatever it is that you're doing. Like you got to be able to do that shit at bare minimum. And what I find is that a lot of the men who find themselves like in a very dark space don't have shit else going on for themselves. Have something going on for yourself. You need that. You need that. 
and make that thing that you got going on for yourself so big that herpes becomes fucking irrelevant. Do that. Do that for yourself. And you got to be willing and able to do that. If your big picture goal is 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 to have a family. Right. You need to be working towards that goal. What does that look like? All right. What's in your what's in arm's reach for you right now that you can change, that you can touch, that you can control? Is that going to be becoming a more attractive person so that you have more options so that you have more opportunities presented to you? If that means just doing 100 push ups, 100 sit ups, 100 squats a day to get into a routine so that you can pump yourself up before you can get into the gym or before you can start to go outside and run, maybe do a little bit of walking, maybe change up, you know, what it is that you eat instead of fries, get that salad instead. If it's making more money, you know, if you don't like your job, if you're an unhappy person, like start to make those changes. You can do this. Like we live in a time where everything we need is on the internet. You can learn how to do anything. If it's how do I get a new job? Go to the Internet, type in how do I get a new job in Google and watch what happens. Reach out to me like I have put myself in this position because I like this shit. I love this shit. I love what I do. I love that people come to me for advice. Like As a man, I love fixing shit and I love helping people fix their own problems. And if herpes is the problem, I ain't gonna say I mastered the fucking cheat code of navigating a herpes diagnosis, but I damn sure navigated the explorative space of trying to figure out how to get to where you need to be in order to be okay with it. And then you can decide for yourself how you would like to move forward with this. But I gotta tell y'all, man, like this, ever since being in this space and doing what I do and finding myself accepting it, because I'm, I'm still resistant to this shit. I go in and out of, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? I could be making a lot more money doing something completely different. I can use the skills that I've gotten through here and I can apply it to my other podcast. I can apply this to another job. I can start another business. I can be doing something different. Maybe I should go back to school. Maybe I should get a degree and become a therapist myself. Maybe I should become a sex educator. I have gone through all this shit on a regular basis, but all signs keep pushing me back in the direction that I'm doing what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing here. And when you prioritize the needs of your soul, when you prioritize the needs of your spirit, when you can sit still long enough and not avoid the emotions that are telling you and guiding you in the direction that you need to be going, you hear that shit. When you prioritize the needs of your spirit, the body, the needs of the body, the needs of your world and the reality around you, that shit tends to take care of itself. I'm living proof of that. I don't know how I make $20 an hour at a job that I might work between no hours and maybe 20 hours a week. Another job where I make $60 an hour, maybe four weeks out of the year. I run this nonprofit. I don't pay myself yet. There will come a time where I do because I'm absolutely ready to double down on this shit and like really uh, go balls to the wall. I thought that I was running this full time when I first got to Portland, but haven't been in Portland, like I've been making money at these other jobs and I ain't gonna lie to you. That shit does something for my confidence. Like, damn, you know, I, I, it ain't a lot of money. I feel like I'm upper lower class, but I'm able to do a lot of shit that I want to do. I'm able to see this side of myself that I'm unfamiliar with, but I fucking love. I like being able to buy stuff for myself. I like being able to go on dates and pay for everything and not have to be like, ah, oh, you know what? I think I'm gonna order the chicken tonight. I ain't gonna get the steak and the lobster tail. I like being able to travel. 
I like being able to buy new shoes. I like being able to give money to uh, people. I ain't going to say homeless people, but I like being able to buy food and then give that food away to somebody who might need it without being like, damn, you know, I, I really wish that I had that right now. I value that. That has become important to me. And I know that what's happened for me is that I'm starting to sacrifice my something positive for positive people energy for Courtney and his livelihood and being able to make money and maintain and upkeep this lifestyle that I've developed for myself. That's an ongoing struggle for me. It's back and forth. But again, like I, I believe that when you prioritize the needs of the spirit, the body takes care of itself. So I decided to, when I went out to Portland, double down on something positive, um, and I was presented with this challenge. It's like God was like, yo, all right, you sure you want to run this nonprofit full time? Here goes some money right now. You get paid every two weeks. It's consistent. Something positive ain't going to be that consistent. I might get a $10 donation. I might get a, a $25 donation. I might get a $100 donation. I might periodically get a, a few thousand dollars of a donation. I might even get a grant and be able to pay myself. But I got to trust and believe that shit before I can start to do that shit. And I'm going to be honest, I don't believe it. I don't believe in myself right now. I don't believe that I'm the kind of person who can uh, step away from the work that I'm doing and fully double down 100% into something positive for positive people, get my own place, trust that I'm going to be able to pay the bills over the course of the next month, and that I'm going to always constantly get donations, grants, and funding in order for me to be able to run this nonprofit and pay myself and still maintain a lifestyle that fills me with pleasure and joy and be able to work toward a relationship where I can start to think about creating a family for myself and plant roots somewhere and be there and start to create a home for myself and the kind of career that I want where I still get to travel and do these workshops, these conferences and have these talks and provide ongoing herpes support groups and um, disclosure type conversations and continue to just build around this community. I, I have doubts. But I'm challenging those beliefs with my direct fucking behavior. That's what I'm doing. I'm saying yes to what needs to be said yes to. I'm making plans. I'm saying no. Living in Portland more than anything has taught me how to say no. And I turned down that one opportunity and I got another one immediately after the working through the discomfort of being able to just say, no, this ain't for me. And there's more of that to come. I fucking know it. And I know that there's more of that to come for you. So that's the reason I'm sharing this. That's the reason I'm here and I want to do something positive for men with herpes. This is for y'all. I'm talking this way because I know this is the way that y'all going to get it. Like the, the gentle, oh, you know, tell me about that. That shit, that's for the women. But for y'all, like, we, we got to do this shit. I can't sit here and, like, coddle you. Like, we got to take the energy behind our emotions and put that shit to action. We don't want to just be heard. We want to see that something is being done. Like my emotions are what something positive for positive people is. What are you what are yours? Where are you directing yours? When you get intense sensation of emotion, are you beating your girlfriend? Are you shooting your guns? Are you doing drugs? Are you drinking? What are you doing? Are you or are you directing that into your craft, your poetry? Are you creating something? Are you making art? Are you drawing? Are you uh, doing tattoos? Are you working on your car? What are you building? What are you creating? 
These emotions are powerful shit. When you can allow yourself to feel this shit and not disconnect or disengage from how you feel, what you feel, your emotions, when you are able to get the fuck out of that, you got a whole man. <laughs> Yo, you you living in a whole new world, man. I'm telling you, I'm fucking telling you, trust me. Trust me, because I'm learning to trust myself. And it's a constant battle. I'm fighting against my beliefs with my behaviors. That's why I'm here right now. This has been, I've tried to record this particular podcast episode probably a month and a half, two months. Maybe even a little bit longer than that. And it's just, I haven't been able to work through it. Even in November, I tried to sit down and tell my own personal story and it just wasn't coming out. There was a period where my voice didn't even sound right. It was just like it, it wasn't meant to be the way that it was. It wasn't meant to be the way that I was trying to get it out. And now I've had the experiences. I've had people share with me enough for me to be able to do it in this way and knock it out in one take and be fucking real. Like this is this is this is me. You know, this is the person that, you know, you might feel disconnected from. This is who I am. This is like me peeling back the layer of something positive for positive people so you can get a glimpse of Courtney. Courtney struggles. Courtney has hard times. Courtney experiences rejection. Courtney's not perfect. Courtney is battling between do I want to keep doing what it is that I'm doing and do this for other people or do I want to prioritize myself, say fuck this shit and go somewhere where I can make $100,000 a year as uh, whatever job position that I would be qualified for. I got two degrees. I majored in mass comm, uh, advertising and public relations. There ain't no reason that even with the experience that I got now, I can't get a job. I got 500 hour yoga teacher training certification. I can teach yoga. That ain't going to pay me no $100,000 a year, but that's something that I would also, I can also do. And even with the something positive for positive people, people who reach out to me. Like, I can tell people, like, yo, hey, if you want to talk to me, this is how much it's going to be. This is how much time I got. And we just put a dollar value to the hour-long conversations or whatever. But that doesn't align for me. And I know that the more I prioritize my spirit, my body's going to be fine. The My reality that I live in is going to be good. And I'm trusting this. I'm trusting that, you know, when I do have these conversations and I offer people the opportunity to make a donation that... Maybe they will. It might be small. It might be big. But whatever it is, they give what they give. That sounds like a nursery rhyme right there. Might be small. It might be big. But whatever they give, it is what it is. Remix. Um, but thank you. Thank you for listening here. I'm going to go ahead and post this one now. I'm going to post this today. Uh, I, I feel like that's the right thing to do. I'll reorganize the other episodes that I had that were scheduled to release when they were scheduled to release. But this one has been bubbling up in me, y'all. This one been bubbling up. And I remember um, around Halloween uh, 2022, this lady came up to me and she said, your journey is not even a journey. Like, it, it ain't even a path. Whatever it is, it's going to be hard. She's like, I shared a burden. Like, I'll share that burden with you. But you creating your own path. And that's what it feels like. You know, I hope that my journey, my own path that I'm creating is one that will inspire you to go ahead and make yours. Get started. You know, put yourself back out there. Start working on yourself. Like, that's what we need. We need for us to be. We got to be strong bodied. We got to be strong willed. We got to have a strong mind. And we got that shit. And 
How you do one thing is how you do everything. The mind follows the body. The body follows the mind. That's one thing my football coach, Coach Sam, used to say. He used to always say that. The mind follows the body. The body follows the mind. What you believe is how you're going to behave. Which, how you behave is going to shape what you believe about yourself. So, like I said, I'm, I'm prioritizing my behaviors to shift my own beliefs. And you can do that shit too, man. You can do this. Let's go. Thanks for listening to this podcast episode, man. I appreciate y'all for being here. Um, Reach out to me. Reach out to me. I want to know what you think. Um, If you want to have a conversation, if you really are ready to just like have a safe place for you to just say out loud, what the fuck happened when you got your herpes diagnosis? You know, what, what happened? Just say that shit out loud. And we can just talk about it, man. We can talk about some real shit that can be done. We can talk a little bit more about the experiences that were around that that might and how they might have impacted you. And we can go from there. Like I know everybody don't need therapy. Everybody don't need it. It's a nice luxury. It's nice to go through and have the experience and kind of get that objective assessment of where you are. So I'm here. And if you decide you want to go that route, we can. But if you just want to talk, we can do that too, man. I love y'all. Stay positive.